He's a good, good father, isn't he? He's a good, good father. <clears throat> you know, you know what's, what's interesting is to have faith in God. To have faith in God, you don't have to understand. You know? To have faith in anything, you don't have to understand. You know, you, you don't have to understand how this chair right here is put together to trust that you can sit in it and it's going to hold you up, right? But, I mean, I, I don't know. I wasn't there at the manufacturing plant when they put those chairs together. But anybody ever been to an automotive manufacturing company where they manufacture? Yes. Two of us. <laughs> yeah. Airplane manufacturer right here. <clears throat> but, you know, when, when, when you're... When, you're, when certain people are responsible for certain pieces, you know, the, the, the frame of these chairs, I don't know why I'm thinking about this chair, but, but the frame of the chair, it looks like to me that there's probably one group of people that build these bottom legs. So somebody has maybe one side of this chair that's built, and somehow they either weld them together or something like that. But, but the guy that's manufacturing the two legs on one side, to him it's a chair. Right? And even though you're not there, did anybody come in here tonight and question whether the chair was going to hold them up? You don't, under, you don't have to understand how faith even works. You just have to choose to do it. You know? You don't have to understand. You have to trust God. You have to purpose that I'm going to trust him and because he said he would do this. And you don't even have to understand how all that's going to work out. You just have to make the choice to do it. You don't even have to feel like it. You don't even have to feel like it for three days in a row. But if you choose to do it, it'll work. It's never based on understanding. If everything was based on understanding, then there are a lot of things that all of us would give up on. Well, I just don't understand that. Anybody ever said that? Man, I just don't understand why this isn't working. You don't have to. Join the club. Hmm? I mean, tonight, if, we, if we're part of a club, it's the club that doesn't understand things. Huh? Welcome to the, I don't understand a lot of different things or why a lot of different things don't happen the way I think they should club. And we're all a part of it. But it doesn't change the fact that the word works. It does not change it just because you don't understand it. Right? So, you know, tonight, just going to talk a little bit about faith and understanding faith in the way that faith liberates us from fear when we choose to receive what faith is. It liberates us from the fears of life. And all through Scripture... 
And especially in the Gospels, Jesus set it up for this. He set, he set us up with realizing there's going to be difficult times. There's going to be difficult times in the history of the world. There were things that were going to come that you could not explain and understand. But time and time and time again, he would say things like, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And we don't have to understand that. Yeah, well, that sounds great, but, you know, Jesus isn't where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah. He was where you were. He, he, he died one time for all men, and he knows exactly where you're at. There's not anything that you've ever experienced in life that he hasn't already gone through. And I don't understand that. I just choose to believe it. Right? A lot of things like that I don't understand, but I choose to believe it. I don't know of anybody at Gates of the City that has been hurt from a chair in this big room falling out from underneath them. Right? And not any of us probably understand how this chair is put together. I mean, totally. I mean, you know, it's got two legs and a back and a seat, you know. But nobody really understands how it was put together. And nobody doubted whether it was going to hold them up tonight. We can do the same thing with faith in the promises of God. The same exact thing. Faith in the promises of God. Amen? So tonight, let's, let's just look at a few verses of Scripture that kind of relate to this. I want to start in, uh, where do I want to start? Second Timothy. <clears throat> 2 Timothy, chapter 1 and verse 6. Chapter 1 and verse 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And a sound mind. The Amplified says a well-balanced, disciplined, a well-balanced mind, disciplined, and self-control. God has not given us fear, but he's given us the power to love and have a sound mind and to be disciplined and to do the things that he's given us that ability. Not fear, but power, authority. And all you and I were created to do was not to manufacture the authority, but to receive it and then to walk in it. That's what we were created to do. We weren't created to work faith up and work up authority and work up power every time there was a situation that we needed some power in a given thing that we had to accomplish. No. We were created to choose to do it his way instead of ours. Or, or humanity's way. Amen? In the third chapter and the first verse, it says, understand this, that in the last days, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Verse 1 in the Amplified. Understand this, that in the last days will come, set in, perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. So, so it's, it's already set up that there's going to be 
perilous times. There's going to be days and times and seasons and, and actually literally periods of time in history where there's been great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. I mean, we can, we can, if you know anything about history, you know a lot of different times and seasons in history where there were difficult times. Well, in, in the life, in the, in the time that we're living in now, in my lifetime, in your lifetime, there's been, there's been difficult times of great stress, hard to deal with, hard to bear, you know, hard to get through different things like that. So he already set us up with the fact that there's going to be times like that. And, and, but but what, he, what we're going to see in a, in a number of verses we're going to read tonight is that he doesn't want us to freak out because things are hard. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be some more hard times on planet Earth. Because until there's a new heaven and a new earth created, there will be this verse of Scripture. Until this dispensation of time, which is the church age, is over with, this verse of Scripture is intact. Just like all the rest of them. But this is intact. Difficult times of great stress, hard to deal with, and hard to bear. Amen? The last verse, and I'm going to just read it in the New King James, or the last two verses says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The importance of God's word being real and, and huge and large on the inside of us. Something that is our go-to. It's final authority that settles everything. The reason that's so important is because then we're thoroughly equipped to handle all the difficult and stressful times that there will be. There has been and will be. Because the scripture says and God does not lie. He can't lie. So if the scripture says it's, there, there are times like that and there will be more times like that, then there will be more times like that. But if we allow the word of God to be real in us, then that word will thoroughly equip us for anything that we face. So in other words, if I have the word and I choose to believe the word and be a doer of the word, then I already have everything ahead of time before the difficult times come. Before they come, it's already there for me. It's at my disposal. He's already paved the way. Gosh, sounds like a win-win to me. Amen? And we know it, we just need to be reminded of it. Now go over to, to the Gospels, to the 14th chapter of John in the first verse. I love this 14th chapter. One of my favorite chapters in all the Bible. And this is Jesus. And he's speaking to his disciples. So he's speaking to us even here today. And he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions or dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I've had, a, I've had a lot of people argue with me about this passage of Scripture right here, but 
you know, it can, it can mean other things too. But to me, to me, what he's talking about on that side of the cross is what he was fixing to prepare with the Father for you and I now. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And that word mansion is dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. See, that's not Jesus talking about his ultimate return, either in the rapture of the church or his millennial reign on the earth. That's not what he's talking about there, because he hadn't left yet. He's going to go to the Father, prepare a place for us, and now we know in Scripture that he's at the right hand of the Father, representing us to the Father. You see? And what his command was, let, don't let your heart be troubled by the things that you see and the things that, you, you, that are out there. Don't let your heart be troubled by anything. You, you, you know, the absolutes that are in the Word of God, all of those absolutes are a choice. They're a choice. I can choose to not let my heart be troubled, or I can choose to let my heart be troubled. But his command is, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be troubled by anything or anyone. Don't let anything in life trouble you or affect you. Has anybody ever been troubled? Right. Well, you know, Pastor, I just, just, I, I, I just, I couldn't do it. No, you chose not to. Well, I just couldn't overcome it. No, 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 no. You chose not to. Either you didn't have revelation and you chose what you chose or you had revelation and chose not to do what the will of God was. But it's all a choice. And it's choices that we make. But see, what I'm telling you tonight should grow you and I up. The challenge to make right choices should grow us up. Not go, oh yeah, man, I did so bad and I'm so worried. No, 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 no. No, that, that goes totally contrary to what we're, we're teaching on Sundays in, in understanding the grace of God that is there for you and I, see? And, and, and the grace of God is there in such a way that there's never condemnation coming from God for the mistakes that we've made. But every day of our life, we are given choices. And I don't know about you, but the longer I walk, there, there are a lot of days that I don't feel like making that choice. Somewhere in the day, somewhere in a situation, my flesh may not feel like making the choice that's right. But what I choose will determine what works in my life. What you choose will determine what works for you. Well, I just, I just give it to God. Well, you can give it to him all day long, but he's not taking anything. He's already done everything he'll ever do, you see, and we're called to cast the care of things over onto him because then he shares with us and shows and reveals to us how to walk through the care of things. Not take the care, but cast the care. But giving God the responsibility to make something happen in your life, he's already done it all. Now, I'm not saying the responsibility is on me to figure everything out and that it's my power that makes it happen. I didn't say that. It's his power, but I've got to receive it. And I've got to receive the fact that if he said, don't be troubled, 
then I have to choose to not be troubled. No matter what it takes, I'm not going to be moved by this, and I'm not letting these circumstances overtake me. Yeah, but Pastor, you know, how do we do it? Well, glad you asked. Verse 27. Skip all the way. Notice what, what he, verse 20, let's look at verse 25. He said, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. All things. And you know what one of those is? How for your heart not to be troubled. The Holy Spirit will teach you that. That's the reason we teach about the Word. That's the reason we teach about the person of the Holy Spirit. It's the reason why you and I need to understand about Him and how He operates and what He's here to do because He's the one that Jesus left to live inside of us after He went and prepared that place at the right hand of the Father. At the right hand of the Father is all authority and dominion and everything that God says is so is there. And mankind is represented in heaven at the right hand of the Father through Jesus Christ. He left the Holy Spirit, and he talked about it right here, that he would come, but he already has come. And now you and I have the Holy Spirit, and his number one job is to teach us. More than anything, his responsibility is to teach you and I. So we better be listening. If we want to live life free from our heart always being troubled, always being upset, you know, you know, if, if so-and-so just wouldn't act like this, then I wouldn't have to do this. If, if this thing didn't happen, then, then I wouldn't be upset. If this person at work, you know, just acted better, then I could... No, 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 no. It doesn't matter what people do. I have a confession that I speak every day, that my wife and I speak every day, and... One of, one of those confessions is that no matter what anybody else does, we choose to do what God said. And nothing that anyone else does is going to affect our choices based on the Word of God. See, if greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world, then it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter what anybody else says or does. It doesn't matter if, if the whole world turns to hell. It doesn't change what I have the power and the authority to do in my choices because of what Jesus did for me. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And that dwelling place, that place, was intimacy and oneness with the Father through the person of the Holy Spirit. So we don't have to live on this earth like we're alone. Every day of your life where you feel alone, where you feel like nobody cares about you or nobody, you know, nobody called me today about something or nobody did this for me or said this or whatever. Every time you feel alone, I'm telling you the main reason you feel alone is because you're not communing with the Father through the Holy Spirit. He's a helper. He's a comforter. He's an advocate. He's a standby. He stands in for you. He's there to do comfort and, and bring a comfort to your heart like no human being on planet Earth can bring. That's what he was created to do. I, I'm, I'm telling you because I know because, you know, in times where, you know, anybody ever had self-pity try to get on you and overtake you? You're all lying. <clears throat> Everybody has. And any time that's ever happened, 
in your life, okay, the reason that you felt that way is because there was no connection with God. You were looking to another human being to meet a need. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. My wife and I have an amazing relationship together. But it's not because of what we put on each other. Well, I need you to be this to me, and if you're not that to me, then, you know, I'm going to crumble. No, 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 no. We have relationships with God, and then our relationship together is good because we have a relationship with God. See, I don't put all this pressure on her to be something that I need. Uh Uh-uh. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. No human being was ever created to meet your needs. Nobody. You meet each other's needs based on choice. Because you want to, not because there's pressure to do it. And the reason that people pressure one another or put demands on one another is because there's not a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. He said right here in in this verse 26, The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Man. Well, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to remember. No, no Holy Spirit. You're not listening to It's hard for me to remember scriptures. Pastor, I hear you quoting scriptures. or what? You know what? I'm not good at quoting scriptures either. But the Holy Spirit brings me to me all kinds of things. In the moment. When I need something. When I need something for someone else. When I need something for myself. The Holy Spirit's there. I mean, he is there. In the moment. So there's no excuse. There are excuses, but there's no excuse. We all have excuses, but God wants us to rid ourselves of the excuses and take serious the choices that we make every day that we choose to not be troubled or be upset or to be affected by other people. I'm telling you, it wouldn't hurt you or me either one to hear a message like this preached for the next six weeks, 24 hours a day, to remind you how important it is for you to believe in this person that the Holy Spirit is. He, he, he is a, he's a he, and he's a person. Well, Pastor, why is he not a she? I don't know. The Bible just said he's a he. But when you look at God, God is the all-encompassing one. He's the male, the female, he's the everything. You see, what does that mean? I don't know, ask him. Amen? Right? He's the everything. He's the all-encompassing one. So the person, the Holy Spirit, who is there for me, who the Father sent for me, Jesus said he would send him, but he has already done it and he sent him for me. This is what he gave me. Okay? When my mind doesn't understand, when I'm frustrated, when it seems like things are overcoming me in in, in different situations, this is what he sent the Holy Spirit for. Right here, verse 27. Peace. Everybody say peace. Peace I leave with you. Watch this. My peace, Jesus said, I give to you. Not just any peace, but the peace of Jesus. And you know what the peace of Jesus is? It's what's tested and tried and true that caused him to be able to overcome every obstacle and everything that he faced. Everything he faced in life, he was able to overcome. 
And he let his heart not be troubled because of the peace that ruled over him. At everywhere he went and everything that he did and when he went to the cross, the Bible says the chastisement of your and my peace was on him and by his stripes we're healed and healthy and whole. And we can claim that, we can receive it, it's ours. We have to choose to do it, but it's there. The peace of God, which creates a confidence in us that God will do what he said he'll do, is what is available every minute of every day in every situation that we face. And, and, and at the same moment and the same time, the potential for your heart being troubled is there also. I don't know about you, I don't like trouble. I like peace. Amen? So I say right now, say this after me. I choose, I choose peace. peace. Amen? Not just any peace. Notice the, the rest of this verse. Not as the world gives do I give you. Because the world's peace is always conditional. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be what? Afraid. Why? Because God hasn't given us fear but power, love, and a sound, and a well-balanced mind. Not peace like the world gives. See, because the peace of the world is conditional. And you have to have all, the, all your ducks have to be set up. Everything has to be perfect. You have to be on a beach, you know, in the middle of somewhere, and everything's got to be right. You know, those kind of trips that you think are going to create peace, it seems like the devil's on those trips too. Anybody ever been on a trip like that? <laughs> I mean, you couldn't wait to go on vacation, and man, you're going, and man, it, this is the way it's going to be, and you get there, and the devil's there. <laughs> huh? And you need to come home to get rested because it was so bad on the trip. Why? Because the peace is not how the world gives peace or how the world defines peace. I'm talking about peace that I'm giving to you. It's my peace. But it's a peace that's been tested and tried. And, and now anything you face, that peace is there. If you've ever been in a situation of, of, you know, where family members leave you or they leave the planet because of whatever reason, even when people leave prematurely, I've had premature deaths in family and things that, where they've gone on. And in the natural, in your head, you think, like, there's, how, how are we going to be able to handle this? Peace. Let your heart not be troubled. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how we handled it and how we got through it, only but the peace of God. My head said no way. My head didn't understand it. I didn't know how it was going to work and how we would get through it, but we got through it because of the peace of God. Because the peace of God's already been there, and it's tested and tried, and it'll be there, and you can draw from that even when you think in the natural there's no way. Man. Amen? I'm going to show you two verses of scripture, and then I'm going to end with just talking about another scripture. I'll end with that. But first I want to look at Matthew 16 and Matthew 18. Matthew 16 and verse... This is the story of... Jesus asking his disciples who men said that he was. And Peter, in the midst of it, in verse 16, jumps up and he said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but who? My father. Oh, my father. But my father. My father has revealed this to you. My father. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. He said, he said, be not troubled. Let, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, the Father. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. And he said, and I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you can be. Today, he's at the right hand of the Father. And so are we through the person of the Holy Spirit. We can know everything that the Father thinks about us or that wants to, he, he wants to get over to us because of the revelation that the Holy Spirit is revealing to us as we spend time in the Word and then the Holy Spirit says, now this is what Father is saying to you in the moment. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this, not, not the world's way of thinking, but my Father in heaven. Look at the 18th chapter. And verse 18. Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He was getting his disciples ready to bind and loose. They didn't have the authority yet because he hadn't gone to, other than the the kind of precursor authority that he had given. He hadn't gone to the, to the cross yet. He hadn't gone to hell and ascended and, and gone to the right hand of the Father. He had not finished the work yet when he was saying this. He said, he's saying here in verse 18, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be then loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done of who? My Father. Where? In heaven. My Father in heaven. So, a friend of mine said something to me the other day over the phone. He was just, he was quoting a verse of scripture and he said something to me. And it stirred something really deep in me and I've been meditating on it ever since. And it, it, it brought me to the story of the prodigal son. And who do you think about when you think about the story of the prodigal son? The prodigal son. Right? That's who we think about. The one that... The, the one of the two that wanted all of his wealth, he took it, squandered it, went away, and then he came back. That's who we think about most of the time. Sometimes we think about the other son that got so mad because his father killed the fatted calf and had the big celebration and the party and brought the robe and the ring and the crown and whatever he brought out, you know, had a big time party. And that other son had been faithful and he was complaining because father had never done that. And father said to him, everything that I have is yours. It's all mine. But 
my friend said something to me that made me think about this story. And it made me think about the father in this story. And, uh, you, you know, what I love about Scripture and what I love about the Holy Spirit is how the Holy Spirit can reveal something to you from Scripture that in the natural, your natural mind could never get it. Never get it. And I'm, I can share this story with you based on revelation that God, I mean, this is ongoing revelation that's coming to me about this point I'm, I'm fixing to make right here in, in my message that I preached tonight. This is ongoing revelation that's coming to me. Thank God for that revelation from the Father as a result of the authority that Jesus has and is at the right hand of Father, that the Holy Spirit is revealing everything in the conversations between Father and Jesus that are going on that Father and Jesus want you and I to know. Man, ongoing revelation. But the Holy Spirit showed me the Father in this story. In a, in a way I had never... It, well, it's, it's not that I hadn't seen the Father in this story, but I'd never seen this point. This point had never hit me like this. Um, but when the Father... When the Son left, when the Son wanted His inheritance, and He left, it didn't shake the Father. The Father remained. The father was steadfast. He was the same. He wasn't moved because of what the son did. And after all that the son did, the son came to his senses and reasoned with his natural mind that it was better at daddy's house as a servant. Hmm? It was better at daddy's house as a servant than in the pigsty of the world. And he came back. How many people, how many of us, all of us in one form or another, squander things that daddy's given us? Misuse and mishandle things that daddy's given to us. But daddy will never leave. The Father will never fall off the throne because of the mistakes that you and I make. And because of that, when you begin to see the Father like that, you're not thinking of the Father the way that the son that left, the prodigal that left, saw the Father in the beginning. Ah, give me that money. I'm, I, I'm, I'm better than this. I, I can do better with this money. I know what to do. You, you, you're not going to control my life. Who, do you, who in the heck do you think you are? You know? And he came to himself. And what happened when he came to himself is that he came to a place where his faith now was in the Father. It wasn't about the riches and the wealth and the stuff and all those kind of things. His faith now was in the Father. 
And when you and I, as we grow and we make mistakes and we squander things and we, we, we come to a certain place and we have some revelation and then we allow the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things or this thing. Or, I mean, that, those are the wor- that's the words that the Bible uses. Along the way, when those kind of things try to get the best of us, daddy never leaves. Because what he's waiting for is for you and I to come to a place where we have absolute faith and confidence in him that what he said he'll do, he'll do, whether I understand it or not. And when you and I come to that place, all the fighting is over with, all the battling is over, all the laboring to try to get God to bless me and do things in my life, all that's over with. It's all over. See, it's like the chair. You don't have to understand everything about God to trust that what he said will work. Hmm? He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Right? In the days that you and I are living in, these are the last days. They've been the last days for over 2,000 years. And I mean, there's been some perilous times in the last 2,000 years. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He said, don't be troubled by it. So every time the opportunity for you to be troubled and upset and distraught and frustrated and mad and angry, every opportunity that comes your way, you have the authority and the power and the dominion to cast those things away and choose to not be troubled. And you know what faith produces? It produces a happy life. It produces happiness. We don't use that word a lot because most, in most cases, the world defines happiness as conditional. I can be happy if all this stuff is right. In God, you can be happy when nothing appears to be right because you choose to not be troubled. And that's so. And my prayer to you tonight, over each and every one of you tonight, my prayer is that you will choose to not be troubled, no matter what. Can you say amen tonight?